Need more energy throughout the day? Looking for a kick to your workout? RockinThatIDLife.com has you covered with delicious flavors you've grown to love in tropical fruit and mixed berry, but now fall in love with the new fruit punch and orange flavors. Try them all at RockinThatIDLife.com. Realtor Mike Burgoyne with Real Brokerage LLC makes the moving process easier. Work with a realtor who plays and studies the game and will work as hard as the boys on the ice to get you the best deal. Check out Mike on the web at strikewithmike.com and jumpstart your move today. That's strikewithmike.com. This is the infamous Kurt Price with Let's Go Blues Radio. Wow, the infamous? And you're listening to the LGB Radio Summer Series. Now here's the infamous Jeff Ponder. Infamous? To discuss your picks for the all-time St. Louis Blues team. Infamous is, is when you're more than famous. Welcome to episode four of season 13. This is episode number 414, all-time of the often, tim- it, oh, I keep saying this wrong, of the often imitated, never duplicated, we have the meats. We're the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Let's go Blues Radio. Special thanks to our sponsors, rockinthatidlife.com, strikewithmike.com, and centericebrewery.com for proudly sponsoring the show. Please check them out. Also, don't forget to check out our t-shirt shop at letsgoblues.com for some well-designed and fairly priced blues-themed t-shirts. It's Tuesday, May 23rd. We're streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter to interact with the show on social media. Our handle on all social channels is let's go, I'm sorry, LGB Radio. Uh, Just search for us and you'll find us. And if you haven't already done so, please like, follow, subscribe, ring the bell, buy a t-shirt from our shop. Tell your dentist while you're sitting in the chair or do whatever you can to help us out. I'm your host, Jeff Ponder, and I'm joined by a very few special guests tonight, uh, but we'll get to them in a minute. Kurt Price and Bill Day are on assignment, but I am joined by producer Austin, as you can see on the screen here if you're watching us. Uh, the agenda for tonight includes discussion about the three right defensemen of the Let's Go Blues Radio St. Louis Blues all-time team voted on by you, the listeners of this here program. All that and more on this delightfully delicious episode of Let's Go Blues Radio. A lot of a lot of food references there in the open. I, I must have been hungry when I wrote that. Right. Um, so our special guest tonight, uh, let's go ahead and get to them right now. First of all, Jason Martin of the Blues Hockey Podcast. If you want to follow them on Twitter, they're on Blues Hockey NHL. You can also find them on, on uh, uh, Facebook. And uh, as well as two guys, one cup's own, Stephen Ground. Stephen joins us again. Uh, we've had both these guys on a few times. Very, very long time friends of the show. Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Yeah, thank no problem. Not. And they're going to talk in unison the whole yeah. show. Just so <laughs> <everybody> <laughs> <knows>. <laughs> uh, Producer Austin, what's up, buddy? 
What's up, man? How are you? I'm doing great. What's new? Oh, nothing. Just sitting here, gonna grill you on some Plager Brothers trivia later and see yeah. how you do. Because I, I know you know all about them. Mm, dude, I was a big fan. Watched them both. So I, I gotta say, I gotta say, Stephen, uh, Kurt brought up, he listened to one of your recent shows, and you had mentioned that uh, Jorgen Pedersen was a player you really were not that familiar with. Mm-hmm. I gotta, I, I gotta ask Austin because he's even younger than you. So you know who Jorgen Pedersen is. Never even heard the name. <laughs> <laughs> and Stephen, you're, I mean, you're a young man, so you know, I think you get a pass, right? Well, it's. I think it's up to you to give me one. So if you're offering it, I'll take it. I, I don't. Am I the senior we, member here tonight? We freely admit that our hockey, our boys' knowledge past, you know, the early 2000s is pretty, is limited, shall we say? We know know the highlights, but failed to study. Did you that. know they had a gentleman named Wayne Gretzky on their team for a short period? <laughs> I've I've heard of him a time or two, and I, I'm familiar <laughs> okay. with his stint. Yes. Oh, yeah, Je- I forgot Jason doesn't know who that is. Oh, that's right. No, I, th- I think I'm the senior member here tonight, right? I think you, I am. Uh, are you? I think I am. I am 38. Are you older or younger? I am older. I'm 40. Are you really? You're 40? Yeah, almost 41. Ooh, you don't look a day older than 39 and a half. I try. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, uh, hey, I noticed you got the Pronger banner hanging out over there. Same I do here, have the buddy. Pronger banner. The other ones uh, are around. The office, yeah, I got in general different areas, but I got, I got one that, that fell the other day and I didn't put up. Oh, it's this one, yeah. Mr. Hall. Yeah, the Hall one's across the way from me, but uh, yeah, so that's just the general you can't really see. And there's the let's see this to this way, and there's Tarasenko, former member of the St. Louis Blues. But yeah, do you think uh, he is also a future member of the Blues? No, I don't think so either. No, and I'm okay with it, honestly. I think it's time to move on. Yeah, it's okay. So it's fine. He had a good career here, and it was, you know, it was time. I think he knew it was time, and then the organization knew it was time to move on. So it's fine. The chat is buzzing with uh, talks of of tonight's game between the Dallas Stars and Las Vegas Golden Knights. We will get to that in a minute. Uh, Ken Morris already been pulled a bonehead play. Yeah, he does that from time to time. He's kind of known for that. Yep. Um, but uh, go ahead, and I'll go. I'll start with you, Jason. Um, I know it's summer. Obviously, it's been summer for Blues fans now for uh, about a month. Um, what's going on with Blues Hockey Podcast? What can we expect from you guys this summer? Uh, yeah, so we're kind of doing a, I say, relaunch, maybe like rebrand, but relaunch. We're working on the website is going to be redone. Um, we're working on this year was tough for both Chris and I. So if you're baby, we'll pay attention to the show. It's been they were kind of few and far between this year. Uh, and I, we said it was a mix of uh uh, both of us had stuff going on in our lives that out of our control, so it was hard to record. So when one of us was available, the other one couldn't. And right. obviously, doing one person podcast is not exactly entertaining. So, um, but now uh, you know we kind of got to refocus and figure out what we're doing. So this summer we got a couple interviews uh, planned coming up, and I think this year is one of the more exciting off seasons the Blues have had uh, due to the draft. So I've been uh, we're gonna have a nice draft special coming up. So the night of the first round, we'll have a live draft for everybody to, you know, listen along. We'll have uh, giveaways from all our sponsors during that time. So we'll have some fun stuff coming up for the summer to get ready for next season. Yeah, and uh, there is talks that hopefully we'll be joining you guys for that. Hopefully, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll have more on that. I'm, I'm sure in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, that uh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steven, uh, how about you guys over at Two Guys One Cup? What's going on over there? 
Well, we always have a lot of fun over the summer figuring things out uh, as they come to us. We're a little less organized and structured than you gentlemen are. We'll freely admit that, but um, I'm really looking forward to this summer. I think we've always enjoyed um, kind of the prospect side of the game and looking to the future. And that's obviously what the Blues are going to be doing this summer. So uh, one of our big episodes to look forward to is the prospect pyramid where we kind of take everybody and and sort them into tiers and, and look at it that way. That'll probably be later this summer, but we'll have our usual hijinks and frivolity. And I, I guess I will say, if you'll allow me, we have uh, expanded the Two Guys One Cup podcast empire to include a podcast covering St. Louis City SC. Uh, that will be the Soccer Talk Wads podcast. Actually, we've been doing it since they announced expansion. So it's been off and on for whatever. It's been a decade and a half now since that team first <laughs> first came onto the scene, but it's really picked up steam now that they actually have soccer to play. So if you're uh, interested in that team at all, you can find us over there as well with our, our third friend, Justin Horniger. I guess I'm I'm speaking for Ian here like he's also in the room and, and joining <laughs> us tonight. But, you know, people know Ian. People love Ian. He's great. I, people... I thought he was sitting right behind you. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not... very, he's, he's you know, thin and tall. So he might be, he could just be a shadow. <laughs> he might, yeah, he's shifty. You never know yeah. about that guy. <laughs> uh, no, that's uh, that's awesome. Yeah, as soccer, I, I haven't listened, I'll admit, yet. I, don't, I haven't listened to any soccer podcast at all and i should because i love i haven't missed a game i've missed a second uh i'm actually very excited because this saturday i'll be going to my first game so i am very excited about that i need to get back to town and do it the energy around that team is just off the charts and so much fun so it's been really cool to be it's nuts this this last weekend against kansas city sporting kc that (laughs) was awesome oh loved it so, uh, well, well, we'll get to our soccer segment later. Um, but uh, I, I unfortunately, I do have to at the top of the show here mention some sad news. But um, I think it's very warranted with the man that we'll be uh, uh, discussing here. Unfortunately, the commish, Rick Hummel, uh, longtime St. Louis, uh, uh, well, just an excellent writer for, I mean, I saw stories of him talking with Stan Musial back in his day. I mean, this guy, this guy's been at it forever. Uh, he unfortunately passed away at the age of 77. Uh, if you've ever read anything about St. Louis Cardinals baseball, chances are he had a part in it. He at least helped people learn how to understand baseball. He is one of the greatest pioneers of the game, uh, at least in St. Louis in terms of our generation and uh, just a, an unbelievable guy, and it's unfortunate to see him go at a young age of 77. But uh, wanted to go ahead and pass on our condolences to him, his coworkers, his family, everyone from Let's Go Blues Radio, and I'm sure Blues Hockey Podcast, and Two Guys One Cup, also uh, sharing that sentiment. Uh, just want to pass along uh, good tidings to his family and friends, and um, just say that he last, left a lasting impression on all of St. Louis. And uh, R.I.P. to the Commish. Rick Hummel. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's, uh, I, do you, I mean, if you guys have anything else to say, please go ahead and add it. Uh, no, he was one of the, um, I would say, probably the most recognizable St. Louis sports writer that there was. I mean, of I mean, going across the board, you talk, I mean, Bernie Mikulicz is right behind that. But honestly, like, Rick Hummel was the guy that you automatically associated with writing about Cardinals for years and years. Now. I think it was, what, 50 years exactly they covered the Cardinals, I believe. Yeah. So, yeah. So he also has a couple books out too. Um, I know he did one with Mike Shannon, you know, who passed away recently as well. So, um, 
you have to check those out if you want to read kind of like some stuff that he wrote basically those are i know the mike shannon book was pretty good so go ahead and check that out if you guys get a chance yeah and and i'll add what cincinnati did uh i don't know if you guys saw that uh because the cardinals are playing in cincinnati this week um they actually left two press spots uh press box spots open Mm -hmm. for mike shannon and rick hummel i thought that was a very nice touch by the cincinnati reds so yeah it's very cool Yep. Yeah, absolutely. When you think of a sport a sports writer, or at least when I do, I think of a guy that looks like Rick Hummel with the mm-hmm. you know with this newsboy cap and the pencil behind the ear and and just an icon, a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, feels like kind of the the last of a generation of of newspaper sportsmen. I know that I love the Athletic, so I'm not not crapping on the modern generation, but just you know, kind of the last of a dying breed, and, and definitely will be sorely missed. Definitely, hundred percent. Uh, let's move on to some lighter news. So again, I don't know if you guys uh, have anything to add here, but uh, our well official beers of the episode. I do not have a beer tonight. I am rocking that ID life uh, from our friends over at rockingthatidlife.com. Dustin Paul, uh, I've mentioned it before. The lemon lime. I hate lemon lime anything except Gatorade. Uh, but Dustin made me try this, and I love it. So it's uh, it's the lemon lime hydrate. So if anyone's interested, it's a great thing to drink after sports or whenever you drink a Gatorade, grab one of these. There's no sugar in it. It's fantastic. So uh, just wanted to shout out our sponsor there as well. Uh, Austin, you got anything in your hand tonight? Anything no. you can show on camera since you're <laughs> underage? <laughs> I have no clue what you're hinting at. but no. <laughs> Jason, Steven, anything to add? No, I'll be the yin to your yang, and I will have a, I have a Gatorade here. So Zero sugar. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> I have so, a yeah. Sprite Zero to offer. You know? None of us yeah. was sugar tonight. How about that? Yeah. Hmm. Actually, Ponder, <laughs> I lied. Zero sugar. There you go. Dr. Pepper. DP. Again. There you go. That's the way to go. You're man. a big fan of DP. I am, yes. The many versions of DP, yes. Yeah. Very. <laughs> Very okay. I got to tell a quick, hilarious oh, story. So this is how no, we no, it's, don't worry, don't worry. My shows go two hours long. Yeah, this doesn't belong <laughs> on Pornhub. Don't worry. Right. Um, one mm, time I was at, yeah. I was on a first date with a girl. Uh, this was probably 2006, and we were at Red Robin in Mid Rivers. And uh, for those of you St. Charles people, oh, I know, right? That's where all the first dates goes. Red <laughs> Robin. And uh, the you know the late the girl I asked her, you know, let her order her drink first. Then he comes Wasn't to me and I go out. I go, I'll take a DP. And the guy looks at me and goes, double penetration? <laughs> and I just looked at him, and I'm like, uh. And he just goes, oh, uh, uh, just a second. And he leaves. He just walks away. And then another woman walks over, and she goes, hey, uh, uh, Steven actually uh, fell sick. Uh, I'll be taking your orders tonight. And I'm like. Oh, he just embarrassed the hell out of himself, and he had to get out of the restaurant. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> it was <Real>. amazing. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about it, guys. Uh, NHL mm. playoffs going on right now, actually at this moment. Uh, Dallas and Vegas, as well as, uh, of course, Florida and Carolina. There's a lot to talk about here in the third round. I'm just going to have it be an open forum, but we're going to start with something that happened tonight. Uh, Austin, take her away. Austin, I'm Take working her on it. Contact made, and I believe the contact was the contact was in the jaw area. You'll see right there. Yeah, right across the jaw. I certainly support a five-minute major in a game misconduct here if that's what they ultimately go with. 
So yeah, that is uh, Jamie Ben on Mark Stone, which I mean, let's uh, let's just go ahead and let's just go ahead and say it. I am not a Mark Stone fan. Um, yeah, for sure. The hit on Tyler Bozak, I will always hold against him until the day he retires. I don't hate Jamie Ben. I know as a Blues fan, I'm supposed to, but I don't hate him. I like the way he plays. That was fucking stupid, and I think that's yep. going to get a suspension. Yep, that's it. That's, that's a, at least a game. That's a yeah. That's possibly two. Mm. That's a you just played your way out of the series. You know, penalty the way it's going. Just yep. Yeah, with Vegas up four nothing, uh, with four minutes and twenty seconds left of the third. Yeah, not looking great for uh, each each side. Like that'll be three nothing again for each series. So not looking good for both teams. They kind of. You know, Vegas, I think, was the odds-on favorite pretty much for this one. But and you know, but nobody's been taking Florida for every round. So Seriously. Uh, NBA, too. That's got to be the first time both leagues have had all yeah. four conference championships go to 3-0. You're down yeah. in Florida now, right, Stephen? I am, yes. So where, where are you at down there? Uh, I'm in the Jacksonville area, so not super close to any of the sports. Right. Um, the Panthers Panthers have creeped up here a little bit, the excitement, I would say. But the the hockey, the Icemen are actually pretty popular here. They're the ECHL team down here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd say there's a little Panthers enth- enthusiasm and a lot of heat enthusiasm in this area right now. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, the uh, the Panthers. I mean, it, let, let me ask you guys this. I was out uh, Saturday night with uh, actually a couple listeners of the show, uh, listener Leon and listener uh, Crappy Goalie. Jason Miller. Uh, so we were all out and um, we uh, we were watching the game and we had a debate on the Matthew Kachuk celebration uh, after he scored an OT. I OK, I'll admit at first I didn't like the celly. I didn't like the running off the rink. Let's let's fucking go. I didn't like that so much. I'm like, man, stay on the rink, celebrate the moment. But as I thought about it and, and it was probably from what crappy goalie said, it was a Let's go home and finish this series. And, uh, or yeah, let's get out of here and let's finish this series off. What do you guys think? What was your thoughts on uh, on the Matthew Kachuk Selly in, in overtime? I think, I mean, I stayed up to watch all four periods of that a decision. I'm still regretting to this day. <laughs> <laughs> on the East Coast time, it was particularly brutal. Um, I think it was great. I mean, I think it set the tone for the rest of the series. I think it made it, you know, I don't want to assign too much too much significance to a post-game celly, but I think it very much sent the message of like, hey, yeah, we just did something great. We won in four overtimes, but there's more work to do. Let's go do it. Let's get home. Let's get some sleep and and let's come back in, you know, 28 hours or whatever it was at that mm-hmm. point of the game too. No, uh, yeah, the, I'm fine with it. Like, I was kind of like, what you guys think? It's just like, hey, let's get going. Like, we don't need to celebrate here. Let's just get moving on to the next one. Like this is already behind mm-hmm. us. Um, I kind of equate that to kind of how the Blues 2019 run, where after the hand pass game, nobody want to talk about it, and they're like, "We're moving on to the next one." And that's what they kind of did. And I think that there's kind of there's definitely parallels between these two teams. Like looking kind of how it's all about getting hot at the right time. The this Florida team was not great during the year, but they've been an elite team for about two or three years now. So it's just one of the things that's been building and building and building. And with Matthew Kachuk basically getting to the, I mean, he was already, I would say superstar level, but I think if there's another level to that, maybe elite level, he's hit that now. Mm-hmm. And now 
before just being a superstar in the league and just being a, you know, this is somebody now the league can build around a young face in a market that needs a face. Basically, you, you know, Tampa, let's be honest, is probably starting to come on the way down now after having the massive amount of success they've had for three years. And now I think this is going to be the rise of this Panthers team. And they, they have the pieces now to kind of, then I'll maybe finish this off and win the whole thing and maybe can maybe continue this for the next couple of years. Cause they got some pretty decent players that are still in the, their primes. So. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm a, gotta, I've been rooting on. Oh, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Steve. No, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just say you got to shout out Sergei Bobrovsky too. I think oh. he's been, I mean, you talk about a contract that was a nightmare and if he yeah, does, it's this, still a nightmare. It, it is, but man, if he does <laughs> this, it, I would say that's the whole contract worth it. It eases, right it eases the pain if he wins yeah. the whole thing for I mean, sure. If you but win a cup, yeah, yep. Any contract yeah, yep. is worth it as far as I'm concerned, and and he's he's doing it. You can't deny he's been. I would say you know right by Kachuk is the major reason for their success, um, and it's been really cool to see. But I agree on all the Kachuk hype. I think when you look at star making performances this playoffs, he's number one with a bullet, and then maybe Jack Hughes right behind him in terms of guys who kind of took that next step and, and evolved onto an even higher level in this playoffs. And it's great to see young players do that. Yep. Yeah. We were talking last week about uh, Carolina, Florida, who do you root for? Because they got, you know, Carolina has got the older Paul Stastny, but Florida has got the younger Matthew Kachuk and just seeing his career kind of like you said, Steven, take that next step in the playoffs. You want to see it as a, as a fan of St. Louis boys. And he's one of them. And, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, some of the stuff this guy has done this postseason. I mean, it, well, and that's the thing, right? Like, let's say Florida goes all the way and the trends kind of continue. Bobrovsky's great in that. Kachuk is just lighting the lamp over and over. Right now, who do you pick is Con Smythe. I mean, good mm-hmm. Lord, that's a neck-and-neck neck race. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty sure. tough. There was uh, just a – since you mentioned – Paul, Paul Stastny, just a shout out to this little known hockey podcast called 32 Thoughts. Great interview with him at the end of one of the recent episodes. I don't always stick around for the interviews, but when I heard it was Walnuts, I had to stay and listen to it. And it was a lot of fun. He's a cool guy. Oh, a I'm, I'm a big fan of hockey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does suck to see him go out, but I think, I mean, you, you got to give it to the Panthers, what they've done this this season, off-season, playoffs, whatever the word is. It's late. What they've done this postseason has been simply, I mean, nobody, everybody wrote them off in the first series, and they're still here about, mm-hmm. to, about to be in the Stanley Cup final. So, yep. uh, Before we uh, move on, I was, this has been brought up in a couple of different friend groups, and then I've seen a couple online people bringing it up. Do you you guys have any sort of like, I say not anger, but just like disappointment that things didn't work out for us, for Kachuk to St. Louis last off season, where it was pretty much, I say not guaranteed, but pretty much everybody was pinning it on him coming to St. Louis. And then obviously the blues were not going to match the deal that Florida got from Calgary. Let's be honest, but and and honestly, so I, I see why. some people. I see some people seeing like that could have been us. We could have been us this year. One guy was mm. not going to make a difference this year. I'll say that much. But um, it's part of me is like, man, it's been nice to have that on the Blues this year. But 
Oh, yeah, so I mean, I'm your just... question. Your question in our private chat is cracking me up. He asks, "Is this PGR? What's the language level? Say whatever the fuck you want on this show." Great, right? just wanted to just wanted to know. Ben. We were talking about double penetration like <laughs> yeah, ten minutes ago. I think I just pretty That's much. A great point. Um, I agree. I mean, I you know, it's hard to know behind the scenes negotiations. <laughs> obviously, missing Kachuk was a heartbreaker last summer. I just I've turned my attention to Brady now. He'll want out of Ottawa eventually, and then once you get him then Matthew will want to sign as a free agent and it'll still be, you know, plus um, maybe we get Clayton color this summer. That's a rumor now too. Oh so my goodness. You know, bring them all home. Yeah. You that's what feel, I said. You I could field a really good hockey team of St. Louis players right now. I made a, and I'm going to be a total geek out here in my NHL 23. I actually made an expansion team and I took, pretty much all St. Louis players. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm fucking stacked. Like, <laughs> I mean, in every position, even a Justin Wall, right? Like, yeah. I've got every position pretty much filled. And uh, I think I had to create Mike McKenna for the other goalie. But, uh, you know, hey, it worked out. It was great. Yeah, you can do it, man. It's a, I was thinking about that. Patty Maroon. As an article, just doing the top ten players yeah, right bring now. Bring his ass home. Got a good list. Oh yeah, yep. There's uh, there's definitely less. Plus, you could if if you want to include, uh, you know, guys that uh, that call them call home St. Louis. Now we talking mm-hmm. about Hall of Famers. I mean, Wayne Gretzky for for one. Mm-hmm. That just, uh, I mean, that's unbelievable. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about uh, GM of the St. Louis Blues. Is Doug Armstrong going to Toronto? Uh, that's been a uh, a hot topic here in St. Louis. Uh, well, pretty much in the league. Uh, there's been a couple sources that say that, uh, and I say sources lightly, uh, but uh, uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name, Myrtle. Uh, James, James Myrtle. James Myrtle. Yeah, I almost said Jason Myrtle. Like, that's not right. Uh, so James Miller. Myrtle was one of them. He posted in The Athletic uh, that, uh, it, well, the quote is, uh, some. so talking about Maple Leafs uh, trying to get somebody to replace Kyle Dubas, who is out. He says, quote, someone like Blues GM Doug Armstrong, who has plenty of experience, has won a Stanley Cup, could plausibly be an option if he's contractually able to leave St. Louis in the short window. Shanahan, who is the team president, has to make this hire. There's been a couple other people who have drawn out his name. Um, But, uh, guys, I I, I hate to break it to any Toronto fans listening. This is Toronto being Toronto. Uh, Darren Dreger, he reported, I believe it was actually earlier today, uh, which I, we didn't need a report on this. I think anybody would tell you this is the case. He says there still seems to be a good amount of speculation swirling around the possibility of Doug Armstrong as a GM candidate in Toronto. High ranking source close to the Blues says, quote, all of this talk seems to be fabricated. And uh, I think that is exactly the, the case because you think about it, first of all, He's in a five-year deal with the Blues right now. As far as we know, he doesn't have any opt-out. That runs through 2025-2026. Also, right now, he is a GM and president of the St. Louis Blues. So basically, taking this role in Toronto would be a demotion uh, because he'd be answering to Brendan Shanahan. Right now, he only answers to Blues and ownership. Now, granted, Toronto could sign him to a ridiculous contract that would make it worth it. But to me, this move would not make sense to Doug Armstrong. He seems pretty happy. The ownership's happy. Uh, I think he's not going anywhere. What are your guys' thoughts? Um, I'll go. I'll, I'll, yeah, go I'll jump in first. But uh, just as you uh, did it and we're looking at the little notes and stuff, two more articles have popped up on The Athletic about this. 
Six, uh, one written by blues writer Jeremy Rutherford, where the headline is uh, Doug Armstrong as the Toronto GM just makes sense. Okay. okay. So I have not read it. I literally look at the headlines. Um, and, you know, just, it's, but and then, but uh, is that, LeBron, is that LeBron, not... LeBron had one today uh, and he basically pulled up an old interview of his where Armstrong kind of gave a non-answer about being a GM in Canada. Um, the only thing that's, like you said, it's a definitely 100% demotion. Um, he's in the middle of a contract. There is no opt-out clause according to what people have said online. Who knows what's actually there. Um, th- but there is, a, for a person who is from Canada, I think there's a certain amount of prestige of being that GM. I, I, And I don't know his aspirations. He's already been the GM of Hockey Canada for numerous things. He's currently at the World Championships. He's the GM. So he's been a GM for Olympics. I mean, is this something that he wants to do? Uh, that's the only thing that's really, if he if he really has that, that's the only reason he w- would want to leave. I mean, it'd be a challenge because it'd be different. He has to go deal with a team completely different than what he has now. He doesn't, he has superstars. He has tons of media scrutiny compared to what he has in St. Louis, as much as we like to say there's, you know, there's nothing like Toronto. Right at the end of the day, so um, I think it's I think it's a much to do about nothing uh, at the end of the day. But I want to I want to get to never Ken, know what's going. I want to get to Ken Morris's question here. He says, "Would the Leafs Leafs have to give the Blues compensation of any sort?" There's no yes. ruling I think on the books that says they would, but there's no way the Blues is going to be like, "Yeah, he's under contract, but go ahead and take him." So yeah, there would definitely yeah. be compensation coming back to the Blues if that happened. I'll I'll jump in here. I'll be a little controversial. Um, I'll say I I think St. Louis Blues Nation should brace for impact on this one because I think it's not just smoke. I think there's, uh, I mean, I I think we've talked about in the past the quote you were just talking about with him kind of non-answering on Canadian teams. Um, I think Armstrong, I think any GM wants to be the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's, you know, I don't, I hate the Toronto Maple Leafs, but it's because it's the crown jewel job of the NHL. Um, if you win the Stanley Cup for the Toronto Maple Leafs, that's your legacy set in, in gold forever. Um, I don't know. I th- I'm not. I don't think it's a dumb deal necessarily, but I I think it's a little too easy to just write it off and say, oh, it's no thing here. And I also think, um, I think if if Armstrong comes to you as the Blues and says, I've served you for a decade and a half now and I'm looking for a new challenge and I've got a chance to get my dream job. I don't want to say you have to do it, but I think there's a, a good argument that you owe it to say, okay, we're going to give you this chance to, um, you know, take that opportunity. That's only, that's probably not going to come around again in his career, you know? Um, but I will also say, I think if you were going to make a GM switch, now is also the time to do that with the resources we have. So, you know, I will I think, agree with that. I think there's a little bit of looking both ways. And, you know, if you have a, I don't want to say that it, it could be this easy, but if you wanted to bring in a young voice like a Kyle Dubas or, uh, you know, any of these other younger analytics guys that are being thrown out and floated around there, you know, it might be time to make that swap. So I'm still not, I'm not saying it's a hundred percent or even likely necessarily, but I do think it's a little too convenient to just say, Oh well, it's you know it's it's just a rumor. It's nothing significant because I will say this is why I had to ask if I could swear. I was I was listening to Thirty Two Thoughts the other day. Not that they need more of our press, and 
And uh, I don't know if you guys listen to that podcast often, but they have this tendency of kind of dragging out a point for a while. And mm-hmm. Elliot was doing that on one where he said, you know, he was doing this thing where, you know, I've, I was just thinking about this and I'm not saying it's a story. I'm just saying I'm thinking about it. And when I think about names for Toronto and he's going on this for 30 seconds and I could just feel it in my bones. I was like, because this was before the rumor was circling anywhere and I could just feel it in my bones that he was finally like, one of the names I think makes sense there is Doug Armstrong. And I was just like, God damn it. Like out loud in my car, like I knew it was coming. So I don't know if it'll happen, but I do think, you know, it's something to be cautious about and be wary of and really weigh all the potential I, ramifications. I totally understand that. I do get that, you know, that is kind of the crown jewel job for GM slash even coaches. If you want to say, you know, coaching the Maple Leafs would be a, a dream job, but I, yeah, I don't know. In my opinion, coming soon, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in my opinion, I do. I do think that, um, I, I just think Armstrong's comfortable here, and and yeah. I'm gonna. Uh, I mean, granted, we we don't know Doug Armstrong, and even if we did, he's not gonna tell us, you know, <laughs> like what what's in his mind right now, and if he would take a Toronto job. But um, yeah, and you're right. Like the Blues would have to approve it. They could very easily say, absolutely not. Like mm-hmm. you are not going anywhere. You're our guy. We signed you to a contract. So I just think there's a lot of hurdles that would have there to take place are. for it to happen. I just yeah. don't see them all aligning in Toronto's favor. For sure. I just think that the biggest factor is Armstrong himself and what he wants, and we can't answer that question. But I don't see it being very easy for the Blues to say no to him if he comes to them and says, I have this opportunity and I really deeply want it. You know, I think that that's going to be a hard position for them to be in. And Stillman and he had that relationship. And, you know, it would be something to wear, be aware of, I think. <laughs> Um, we got, man, we got a bunch of people commenting on this. Jeff Merrick is good at dragging things along, says our friend Ken Morris. Uh, <laughs> light question. sound geometry, our friend LSG says, uh, uh, damn it, Austin. Uh, <laughs> every time you chat, it, it pops over the, I can't read the comment. So, so shut up, Austin. Mm. Um, I'm just, just doing my job. I, if I, if I am a GM, I go there and try to win a cup. Uh, and, uh, uh, he says, you have to go to Toronto. I'm not sure what that means, but, um, yeah, I, Hey, if you're that GM, let's just say Doug is the one that goes to Toronto and he's the one that gets them the cup. You're a hero for the rest of your life. You will never have to pay for a drink beer Toronto. Again. That is my literal nightmare though, because then the fact that he won the blues, their first cup just becomes an absolute footnote in history. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, yep. Uh, that was nope. Ian and I were talking about with that with O'Reilly this year too of like the idea of him being the key player that drags them to a cup. Obviously, didn't happen by a long shot, but like that would immediately become his career legacy. And winning a Con Smythe with us would just be an afterthought. So, yep. All right, guys, let's uh, let's go ahead and take break here. And when we come back, we're going to talk about that right defense of the St. Louis Blues all-time team and right there on the other side of this break from our amazing sponsors. You're listening to Jeff, Jason, Stephen, and actually we're going to say goodbye to producer Austin. Bye-bye, producer Austin. Uh, you are listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. We'll return after these messages. Every beer league hockey night, I grab my hockey bag and sticks and throw them in the trunk of my car. And the very next thing I do, 
I mix up a boost of energy courtesy of RockinThatIDLife.com. It's formulated to break up its delivery in three ways, which helps me get through all three periods of hockey. Phase one provides a rapid onset of energy, concentration, alertness, and motivation. By period two, I'm receiving a dose of sustained energy, increased focus, metabolism, cognitive function, performance, and feelings of well-being, which I need with the way I play. In Phase 3, I'm getting fatigue protection without jitters and crash, an elevated mood and a reduction of fluid retention to help me make the big play when it counts. This same triphasic approach helps me when I drink it during work hours or simply just for a pick-me-up when I need it. Try one of the four energy flavors by visiting rockinthatidlife.com, but make sure to email Dustin at rockinthatidlife at gmail.com and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you to receive an additional 10% off your order. That's rockinthatidlife.com. Center Ice Brewery is a beer lover's dream for hockey fans. Based in St. Louis, Missouri, owner Steve Albers has been brewing hockey-themed favorites for thirsty sports fans since 2017. From the Beauty IPA to the Old Arena Lager, a cold, frosty, hockey-themed beer is just what the doctor ordered for hockey fans in St. Louis. Make sure to check your local beer store for Center Ice Brewery beer today. LGB. Let's go beer. During the magical 2019 playoff run, I was in the midst of buying my current home. Every time I spoke with my realtor, obviously, home buying was the discussion. But in the back of my mind, I couldn't stop thinking about what was destined to happen for our St. Louis hockey team. If only there were a realtor who could have walked me through the process, held my hand when needed, but was there to be a sounding board when I wanted to complain about a certain hand pass goal. Let realtor Mike Burgoyne with Real Brokerage be that for you. He'll have your needs top of mind as he skates you through the home buying or selling process, dangling you past any obstacles and assisting on all your home goals. Check out strikewithmike.com for more information or give him a call directly at 314-753-4060. That's Mike Burgoyne with Real Brokerage at strikewithmike.com and that number again is 314-753-4060. Don't forget to tell Mike that Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And now, back to Let's Go Blues Radio, the long-running St. Louis Blues podcast with Price, Ponder, and Day. I'm supposed to start talking and Austin's going to cut me off. It's 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are? Yeah, you like that, don't you, Austin? (laughs) All right. Uh, It is 10 p.m. Do you guys know where your children are? Sleeping upstairs. So Good. I don't know. I hope mine is. I, I, I don't know. I haven't heard him in a while, so I'm going to guess he's asleep. Uh, Steven, you don't even know where your children ever are. So. That's right, because they don't exist. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a deadbeat father. I just don't have kids. I will, be, I will one day be a deadbeat father. But <laughs> you can join the club. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, Austin says in our chat here that Shay's locked in my basement. Uh, in, in your Wait, in your basement? <laughs> Oh shit! Okay, well at least I know where he's at now. So that's, well, that's why he's so quiet. So yeah, right. <laughs> um, all right, guys. So let's let's talk about it. We're gonna break down the right defense reveals 
for uh yeah check on the kids yeah i agree uh the uh the, the uh, uh all-time team here for the summer series of let's go blues radio so a quick reminder the 35 year anniversary team the blues put out in 2002 uh that had al mckinnis bob plager and rob ramage as your right defense and uh we uh so we're gonna see if all three of those guys made it um let's get to the first one Guys, we said this last week, uh, number one reveal was Chris Pronger, and I called it the no-duh pick of the century. Uh, I think we've got another one of those here at number one. No surprise, Al McInnes is your first right defense on the St. Louis Blues. Um, Just to go over some of his accolades, 12 All-Star games, not all with the Blues, but many of them with the Blues. Uh, Before he joined the Blues, 1989 Smythe winner with Calgary, the 1998-1999 Norris Trophy winner. I think we can all agree that he should have won the Norris again the year Barrett Jackman won the Norris or won the uh, Calder. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen. He was runner-up to Nicholas Lidstrom. Uh, he was also listed to the NHL's 100 greatest players in 2017-2018. He was a 1989 Stanley Cup champion with the Calgary Flames and, of course, was a part of the Stanley Cup winning Blues in 2019 as a part of the front office. Uh, stats with the Blues, he is number five all-time in assists with 325, number 10 in points at 452, number two in plus-minus at 132, uh, and then, I'm sorry, it's a plus-132, uh, number 14 in games played at 613. Blues captain from 2002-2003 to 2003-2004. Career with the Blues, 613 games played, 127 goals, 325 assists, 452 points. Al McInnes, your first right defense for the St. Louis Blues. That means your first pairing is Chris Pronger and Al McInnes. Not uh, bad. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Uh, power play, penalty kill, even strength. That's not bad at all. Uh, Jason, let's go to you. Uh, your thoughts on Al McKinnis being the first reveal tonight. I'm trying to think of, I think I have it. What was the goalie that he took out during warmups? Wasn't there a goalie that he like, was that this one goalie that got hit? Wasn't him that did it. Uh, I don't remember now, but anyway, I can't remember who it was, but I, know was a, it, I remember somebody he like, there's somebody he like took out during warmups and they had to have a, have a e-bug for the blues come up because he hurts one of our goalies during warmups. And- and I remember they even said that, like, they interviewed him after the game, and he said, I took something off that shot. Like, it wasn't even, like, his hardest shot, and yeah. he still took him out. Yeah. Um, he was obviously synonymous for the slap shot. That was, that was like, if you – Al McKinnis, you think of, I think, most Blues fans that know Al McKinnis, that's what you think of first is that slap shot. Like, you remember players even ducking out of the way, and he made it look so effortless, too. And that's one of those things that I was – loved about that where it didn't look like he was shooting that hard, but yet there's a slap shot going over hundred miles an hour at the net. And every time he took, every time he wound up to take a slap shot, you expected a goal. And that's I, what Jason, I loved about Jason, it. I have it. Um, and I did forget. Um, it's rich Perron. Yes. That was, and, the, go ahead. And do you remember what it was, what his injury yes. was? Yes. And I, I do. I was, I was trying to get the goalie first before I brought it up. He uh, a ruptured testicle. It was yeah, scrotal contusion and ruptured testicle. That will make it cringe real quick. So yeah, that was a uh, that's the first thing I always think of like randomly that happened like random Al yep. McKenna's fact. But 
Uh, underrated for obviously you think the first thing is slap shot, but underrated as a defenseman, obviously might be one of the top trades in St. Louis Blues history as well. Oh yeah, Blues uh, just basically signed Phil Housley for not even a full season, I believe. I think we only had him for under thirty games, and then traded Phil Housley straight up for Al McGinnis, and the rest is history. I mean, part of some of the greatest teams the Blues ever had. Um, and part of my childhood, pretty much coming up, like that was that was the foundation was Pronger, McKennis, Hall. You know, that was like that your defense you never had to worry about. And he was one of those guys you can put on defense. It doesn't matter who was on the left side. Yeah, he, he, he had Jeff Finley for part of the time as his defensive partner until yep. Barry Jackman came along, and yep. then unfortunately had his career cut short due to that uh, eye injury. <laughs> Before yes. uh, before the lockout, and the lockout happened, unfortunately, he couldn't come back. So, uh, definitely worthy of number one right defensive. Yeah, and and I'll add, um, you mentioned the injury to Rich Perrant. Let's not forget when he, uh, I think it was Chris Osgood. Did he not break his finger mm-hmm. uh, in one game, and then the next game they played the Blackhawks, and I think he broke Jocelyn, Jocelyn Tebow's, Tebow's hand. hand. Yep. Yeah, and it was like. Stop trying to glove his slap shot, fellas. Yeah. What are you doing? Just let it go in the net unless you want to be out for eight weeks. Like, okay. Dude just had a bomb. Steven, I know you didn't get a chance. Now, you you did see him play, but you probably don't have the memories Jason and I do. We're a little older than you, but what are your memories of Al McKinnis as a St. Louis boy? Yeah, I just wanted to say for one thing, absolutely absurd to talk about his career being cut short by an injury when he was going into his age 40 season, but it's true in his age 39 season, he had 68 points and was a plus 22 and 80 games. So no reason to think he couldn't have kept playing at a high level for at least another season or two. Um, I mean, obviously, like you said, a complete no doubt selection here. There's no question who your number one has to be. Um, When I look back just, you know, and again, I remember those years, but I wasn't like a diehard Blues fan yet at that time. But when I look back at those seasons where he and, and Pronger were, um, both here, they won back-to-back Norris's and then Pronger won the heart in, in that second season. Um, it's insane that that team didn't win a cup. And I think, I don't know, I'm curious what you guys think. I feel like this is one of the ways the game has changed a little bit. I think if you put those two guys on their on their prime, in their prime on a team right now, there's no way that team wouldn't win the cup. I think the game has shifted towards defense so significantly that that team would just be unstoppable i mean the rest of the team was great too you know right. so it just it it's well and, it's and we like talked about the two horse race but we talked about chris pronger last week obviously mm-hmm. and he was a punishing defender you didn't go in front of the net with him if you did you were gonna get cross-checked you were gonna get slashed you were even gonna get punched in the face yeah al mckinnis and this is what i always appreciate about mckinnis and a guy like nicholas lidstrom they were so freaking clean Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, man, I know, I know I wasn't, um, uh, I wasn't a big Red Wings fan at all. I hated them and I still mm-hmm. hate them. Um, <laughs> but I talked to Red Wings fans and were just like, I hate Al McKinnis because he, he, you can't hate him. You can't hate him. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, I, that's how I am with Lidstrom. And I'm not mm-hmm. trying to compare. No, actually, you know what I am? I am going to compare McKinnis to Lidstrom. Compare that. I think guys, Lidstrom yeah. overall is one of the greatest players to ever play the game, but I think McKinnis defensively, you, you make the argument he's in the top 10 at least in mm-hmm. NHL history. I mean, like you said, not only, I think Jason, you said it, 
not only did he have that booming shot and a great passer, let's not forget either, and a great fake shot, because that dude wound up, guys were getting out of the way, all of a sudden, oh, there's Brett Hall open on the wing, one-timer goal. Um, not only that, defensively, just controlling the game, getting the puck out. I remember one game where um, I, I, I want to say it was Eric Lindros. I could be wrong. He had gotten around McKinnis, and he had a breakaway. McKinnis just came in, skated behind him, lifted his stick, took the puck, skated the other way, slap shot goal. Like, it was him. He made the entire play, and it was just – that's what this guy can do when he's on. And he was always on. I mean, Jason, especially you and, and Steven, you know, obviously can come in here too. We've we've talked about in the, you know, there's times when Petrangelo was a blue and it was like, my God, he is not playing well. He's having a bad game. He's having a bad stretch of games. And I know hindsight's 2020, but I cannot remember ever saying, wow, Al is really having a rough night tonight. It seemed like he was always on. Yeah, he was one of those guys that was consistent, consistently consistent, if you can say that. He just was one of those guys that, like we talked about, you talked Pronger, he was the like almost anti-hero to Pronger. So you had Pronger on the left side, left-handed, big, like you said, you know, you know, didn't let you in front of the net, was a force, you know, that nobody really wanted to mess with. And then you had McKinnis on your other side who played the game a different way, but just as effective as Pronger. If not, maybe you can almost say argue better depending on how you want to compare the two. But guy that you don't remember taking a lot of penalties either. Mm-hmm. A guy that was well-respected around the league. And I remember just after the initial trade and everything happened, everybody was already saying, like, you're getting a player that's going to bring you guys a cup. And I remember it was like, oh, as a kid, like being so excited because I'm like, oh my God, this is be the guy's going to finally do it. After all those teams, I think I saw in the comments that our team at one time had to have Shannon, Hall, Pronger, uh, McKinnis. You can say you throw Grant Fuhrer in there, but that's Hall of Famers right there. You know, there's five. You can throw Gretzky in there for three months as well. Um, kind of crazy that know. nothing really happened. But um, no, like you said, I think, I think it's one of those things where, you knew what you're getting out of Al McKinnis every single night. And that's why he used a hall of famer. Little did we know then that the defenseman who would eventually bring this team a cup was Robert Bortuzzo. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I think that's what separates the, the hall of really, really, really good from the hall of fame, the hall of greatness, whatever you want to describe it as, is that, that, you know, caliber of, of not having off nights of never being in a bad stretch of games and no, of always having that other gear to go to. And I think it's almost, it's almost intangible, you know, unquantifiable um, how significant a player like that is. And I think not to keep looping, looping pronger into it, but I didn't get to talk about him last week. So I will, but like, how many teams have ever had two players of any position that good at the same time? And that, and that all time good, not just like, Oh, they're really good, but like, Oh, these are probably two of the 10 best defensemen in the history of the NHL, uh, let alone on defense. And, you know, you compare it to the modern day and think about the best defensive pairings, like what, you know, McCarr and Taves, like 
McCarr would be lucky to have either of these guys' resumes when he's done. And and I, he's incredible. I'm, I'm not trying to bash on Kale McCarr, but it's just that level of, of greatness we're talking about. So obviously, you know, it's it's a slam dunk that he'd be on this list, but I think it's cool to just think about, honestly, how lucky Blues fans were to have a player like that play for the franchise yeah. for as long as he did and stick around. You know, his legacy has continued with the team and, and he was a part of the cup run ultimately. And I would say a pretty big part of it, probably in mentoring those guys, even though he wasn't on the ice, he probably still had like the third hardest shot on the team. Yeah. <laughs> he probably still does. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and dude, and again, the guy wouldn't play with, he tried out with using a composite stick and he said, I just, I can't get a feel for it. And he still had that booming shot with a wood stick. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Uh, I want to get to light sound geometry's comment here. Explain the name chopper. I remember McKinnis being chippy and somewhat dirty. He was instantly corrected on that divide by zero. No, McKinnis was very clean as a player and widely respected. Pronger was the one that people said was dirty for the stick work. That's hundred percent correct. And uh, to explain the name chopper, uh, you know what? I, I know the answer, uh, but a lot of people don't. Jason, do you know why he had the nickname Chopper? Uh, do you want? Can I be honest that I just looked it up like literally thirty seconds ago <laughs> that I could remember? Sure, you know that what? I think I knew. I think that, I knew I'm it. I'm going to cut that out of the podcast. Uh, no, uh, let, let's re-ask questions. Jason, you didn't look anything up. Why was he nicknamed Chopper? <laughs> well, well, when he was drafted by the Calgary Flames back in the early 1980s, he was not the most fleet of foot, and he was basically drafted on his shot alone. So hence they called him Chopper for the way that he skated. Chippy like choppy skates. Like he Yeah, basically. He, yeah. Very weird motion he had when he came up. Yeah, and that was but, one of those things that was the knock against him. That was like his only knock against him, but yet he played the game so fundamentally well, he made up for not being able to be the fastest guy or the best skater, the best backward skater to keep up with forwards, and he was still was able to make great plays. So that's just a testament, again, of just how good he was. Uh, our resident Nova Scotian in the uh, chat. Let me see if I can say this right. Nova Scotian. Uh, he uh, he says, Alan Kinnis is from Nova Scotia. Uh, he has an ice rink in Port Hood named after him. I didn't know that. And now that you say that, I want to go play in this hockey rink just so I can say I can play it at the Alma Kinnis Arena. Uh, I might have to do that. Can I'm coming up. I'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow, that's probably impossible from St. Louis, but whatever. Uh, but no, this was again no brainer pick for me. Um, we we'll we'll talk about our rankings later. Let's just say that everybody had him at the top of the list. I don't think there was one person. And uh, you know, last week we actually did. I don't know if you guys heard this, and uh, it was a shock to me. Chris Pronger. Uh, we have twelve. I'm sorry, eleven panelists. One person did not put Pronger first. Uh, that was not the case. No, it was not either of you. Um, but no, that was not the case with McKinnis here. He was number one on everyone's list. (laughs) Jay Bomeister. Oh, and I'll tell you why. I got a lot of of love for Jay Bomeister, but I don't got that much love. for The the reason that I was given by this person. And I said this last week was, um, because Bomeister was so instrumental in the blues winning the Stanley cup. Uh, and Pronger, when it comes to playoffs, he was the king of the penalty. And that was the reason. And it, and, and this is why I brought in 11 people for the panel, because I wanted different points of view. And Kurt and I agreed. 
we didn't look at the cup team and say, we got to include people from the cup team because, you know, we picked it off their career with the blues, but Mm -hmm. there's no wrong answer on how you pick these players and how you rank them. So I actually, I welcome that. Uh, You'll notice right now with our left wing poll, it's kind of crazy how the rankings went. It was Mm -hmm. flip flopping every single time I got one from somebody. So that's what I want. I want the debate. I want people to pick the way they want to pick. All right. So we are going to move on and we're going to talk about our number two reveal. So again, on the 35th anniversary team, that was Bob Plager. Does he maintain this spot? Well, reveal number two will tell you that no, he does not. The first ever St. Louis blue to hold the Stanley cup. Uh, He is your reveal for number two. That is Alex Petrangelo current Las Vegas golden Knight. Unfortunately, I uh, hate to say that, but I uh, hate that a current Golden Knight is on this team. But you know what? I still have a mad respect for Alex Petrangelo. So, again, he had two all-star games with the St. Louis Blues, three total so far and counting. Uh, 2019 Stanley Cup champion, of course. Uh, Blues stats, he's number five in games played all time at 758. Number three in assists at 341. Number five in plus minus with a plus 77. Number seven in shots, which was kind of surprising, but I guess if you're here long enough, that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had 1,801. So in 758 games played, he had 109 goals, 341 assists, 450 points, was a plus 48. 2019 playoffs, he had 26 games played, three goals, 16 assists, 19 points, and was a plus five. And then, of course, scored the game-winning goal in game seven. So uh, we'll go to you, Stephen, first. We went to Jason last. Uh, Alex Petrangelo, your number two pick for the right defense of the all-time team. Yeah, I mean, I will I will say to your point about the Pronger-Bromeister thing, I think if you were going to make that, to me, if you were going to make that argument about one of these two, it would be even easier to make it about Petrangelo over McKinnis. I did not put Petrangelo over McKinnis and wouldn't, but I mean, when you think about people who are critical to this franchise, critical to winning a Stanley cup for this franchise. Um, obviously the captain and, um, and, you know, Con Smythe runner up, I think that year. Um, I, I can't, think that sounds right. I was trying to look it up, but I can't find the voting at the moment, but um, you know, he played a huge role. I think this is, I'm kind of, I'll, I'll admit, I'll, with all due respect and love to Bob Plager, I'm, I'm really glad to see Petrangelo got second here because, um, you know, I think his legacy needs to be remembered. I, I will say until the day I die that I think losing him, however, I'm not saying it's all Armstrong's fault, but whatever circumstances led to him leaving the organization are the biggest mistake or biggest regret. If you'd rather phrase it that way of the Armstrong era as general manager, I think, you know, when you think about the players that we have extended and allowed to sunset their careers in this team, uh, the fact that he isn't one of them and isn't setting all the records and isn't, you know, at least doesn't look like he'll get a statue and all that sort of stuff is kind of a shame, but um, his, his significance to me is, is, you know, kind of, 
as as we've been talking about, like he's the guy that has been a fi- had been a fixture that my entire you know kind of diehard Blues fandom. He was the first cornerstone you know piece that kind of stuck through the Bacchus and and Oshie and and Bergwin and all those guys era, and then was there for the new era, and obviously was the first player ever in a St. Louis Blues sweater to lift the Stanley Cup. Uh, which is a moment that none of us will ever forget. So well-deserved place on this list. Um, yeah, I hope I hope he returns to the organization and to the city when, when his time in Vegas is done because um, he's a player, you know, I don't idolize a lot of players, but Petrangelo is up there, other than what he did to Leon Dreisaitl, which was a dickhead move. <laughs> absolutely stupid and ridiculous. Um, yep. You know, it's hard hard to ignore that he's about to be in another Stanley Cup final and we're not in the playoffs, you know? <laughs> we'll just yep. close it there, I guess. No, uh, yeah, I agree with pretty much uh, everything you said. Like, first, is you know, first Blues touched the Cup. Um, I remember when he got drafted, if you remember when the Blues were doing their best to try to get fans back, mm-hmm. and they used to do some stuff in the summertime. They used to they did a, uh, it was like a celebrity scrimmage like during a thing mm-hmm. and they brought it or they know it was a scrimmage between like a whole weekend and they had a scrimmage and they did the whole I remember the now that are the home jerseys were like the new you know third jerseys and they brought those out and um and he was on the bench I remember the scene like that skinny dude is going to be our next defenseman and then it's just like <laughs> I'm sitting on the stands talking to a buddy and it's like well here well at least that saw something I don't see and obviously they did um yeah, all the accolades are there. Um, I'm the opposite of probably where you're at, Steven, on stuff. Like, man, you, I don't know. I'm more like, do you really need eight, nine million more dollars in moving and tarnishing a legacy when you mm-hmm. could have like literally had that all outside? Still, don't I think the it. biggest. I think the yeah, biggest thing was the no the movement. Argument. I think it was they the no it, movement clause. Be, yeah, and I've always argued this about no movement clause. It bugs the living crap out of me. Do you really think Alex Petrangelo is going to get to the point where we're going to send him down to the minor leagues? No, probably not. So if it's that important, like it's in a no trade, basically you sit still anyway. But it's, it's buy I mean, it's buyout proof and expansion proof too. My hey man, thinking you still is get two thirds of a sixty seventy million dollar contract. I know a lot of us would take that. I mean, call I, I'm people side. I know we, me and Chris, have gone back and forth us on our podcast, and Chris is a lot more. Uh, uh, a lot more fu towards uh after Trangelo about that than I than I am. I get it, man. Like you got to make your money because you only are an athlete for a certain amount of time. I get it. You're an athlete from now for NHL is eighteen to early thirties, maybe like maybe even late thirties if you're pretty good. So if you have a chance to make millions of dollars to set your family up, your next generation generation after make that money. I get it. Mm-hmm. I truly do. I'm like. And both of us admitted, we do the same thing as somebody offered us stupid money. I love my job right now. But another city came said and said, we'll give you triple the amount of money. And we'll give it to you for X amount of years. I'd be like, love you guys. But I guess I get to, can you match this? No. See ya. Huh? I get <laughs> yeah. it. So I'm I, I, I get the point of him leaving. I truly do. Like, I get like, but to me, it's like, with the cup just happening, and we'll never know the whole story. Mm-hmm. And I think there's probably more behind it than what is known. It's out there. Um, I've heard different people have said different stories all over the place. And oh, I just think it's funny because you don't know what happened, you mm-hmm. know, but um, yeah, man, like if you wanted to, if you wanted to stay, 
what's a few million more dollars and a no move and the new movie clause he did give to him at the end of the contract when he would have been of the age of like possible getting bought out anyway yeah i mean that's why i was trying to be super careful with my phrasing because i don't you know blame goes all around and, and i don't want to say it's all well, i get it but I, no, just, I know i i get it no it's just one of those things draft. where i think uh especially un- like you said hindsight's 2020 so now I remember getting Krug and then the manager initially got him like, okay, decent backup plan. Obviously that has not panned out. Uh, well, hey, let's get Nick Lay to hopefully fix things. That hasn't panned out. Yeah. So, I, I mean, obviously yeah. things just haven't gone Doug Armstrong's way. Let's just be honest. If Tory Krug turned into, let's, I'm not even saying Alex Petrangelo, a serviceable defenseman that was putting up points like he did in Boston, I'm sure this maybe be a little bit less than obviously, but seeing him, doing so well and a team is one win away from being another Stanley Cup final. Yeah, it sucks. We've so. we've talked about it on this show in exhaustion that at the time of each signing and even letting Petro go, we were all okay with it. We're like, yeah, you know what? Petro, sorry man, no movement clause. See ya. We get it. Like go on. It seemed like to me at least he wanted to leave anyway and go to Vegas. I fine. Krug, the consolation prize Great signing. Yeah, why not? Let's do it. Uh, Pareko extension at the time seemed cheap. Sure, mm-hmm. this guy can pick up his game. Great. Nick Letty, great, great, uh, great uh, trade to, to bring him in, get a puck mover for the playoffs. Sure, let's do that. Um, and then I, I, I personally think Falk's the only one that's truly kind of worked out. Um, but all the problem with these the no trade clauses. And we oh, have, yeah. we've said, uh, and again, at the time of the signings, we're like, fine. But then you look at the fact that this team has five, no trade clauses on guys who are not number ones or twos. And to or me, threes. and again, in, yeah. And in hindsight, to me, you give Petro the no movement clause. Yes. You keep him. And then you go get other guys to fill out the rest of the D. So, <laughs> In hindsight, it's easy for me to say, yes, he should have just signed him to the no movement clause. But at the time, I was like, no, man, you nobody's worth that, in my opinion, except a McDavid or a, a player like that. But a Petrangelo, that's, no. That's definitely where I fall. I mean, I'll admit that I fell that way the day he left. I mean, I, I think I kind of, to your point, Jason, like if if you're getting to the point where the no movement clause matters, something's already gone terribly wrong. So like it's almost like a a phantom concern to me, but regardless of that, like you will give not freaking Marco Scandella has a no, no trade clause. You'll give anybody a no trade clause and you won't give a no movement clause to Alex fucking Petrangelo. Like the guy who is the cornerstone of your franchise. And, and, you know, I think if he'd finished his career here would probably go down as the greatest blue ever, at least in terms of just like prolificness of his career with the team. Um, you know, that that never sat well with me. And and we've got a mess now, you know, <laughs> but we yes. don't have Alex Petrangelo and he doesn't have a no movement clause. So if that's a win, then I guess that's a win, you know, but I just think it, it, that's why I said biggest regret, like wherever the blame falls, maybe he really did want to go. Maybe, you know. Maybe he was so offended by the Falk trade that there was never a chance of keeping him, whatever it was, like wherever that blame lies. I just think it sucks that he wasn't able to finish his career here. Yep. But he seems to be doing all right. So, yeah, he's doing okay now for sure. Yeah. Uh, he well, probably let's get... might win the Smythe this time. If, if... Very, mo- very well could. So, let's get to uh, some comments uh, on Twitter in these polls. And here's a reminder 
we're going to give away something tonight, folks. A Colton Pareko signed puck. It seemed like uh, the perfect night for that as we're talking about right defense. Uh, we're going to give that away right now. So we've got three comments we're going to show, and uh, I will tell you which one's the winner. So here we go. First one uh, comes from Eric Mix on May 11th. He says, no matter how you look at it, it will always, always be Petro. You're talking about a guy who is number one in assists and second in points and goals by a Blues defenseman and also had the game-winning goal in Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals. Will go to the Blues Hall of Fame someday. I think we all agree with that. And we got another comment here. This one comes from John Bedell. Uh, He says, it has to be Petro, June 12th, 2019. That's all that's needed. And I think a lot of people would definitely agree with that. But your winner, folks, here it comes. Daniel Ryan, uh, you are now the winner, a proud owner of a Colton Pareko signed puck. Uh, he is known, he is at Pizza Fan Dan on Twitter. He says, no matter how many times our franchise wins the cup, no matter what happens for the remainder of Petro's career, that moment will always be the peak of Blues fandom for me. The hours following that may be a bit blurry, and he has a beer emoji. I'm with you, buddy. Uh, <laughs> for many of us, but for that moment alone, it's Petro, and he uh, shared the gif of uh, Petro holding the Stanley Cup for the first time. So, uh, again, I have to agree with you, uh, Pizza Fan Dan. I will be reaching out to you. Uh, Congrats on your win. But, yeah, for me, um, and this is why I wasn't mad at Petro. I'm still not mad at Petro. Um, I, I will always hold him in a high regard because he is the Blues captain that got us a Stanley Cup. He's the first Blue to ever truly hold the Stanley Cup. So, uh to me, it was, again, it, if you want to talk about a no-brainer for number two, it's got to be Alex Petrangelo here on right defense. Yep. Yep. I agree with that. Uh, so we will move on to our third reveal. Uh, so, again, uh, our 35th anniversary team, named by the Blues, had Bob Plager at number two and Rob Ramage at number three. Rob Ramage and Bob Plager, both up for this, as well as many other names. Uh, but this one goes to... Bob Plager. He uh, remains on this team. So I think it's funny, fellas. I don't know if you saw the lefty that were picked. Number one on lefty was Pronger. Number two was Bo Meester. Number three was Barkley. So you've literally got pairings of Pronger and McKinnis, Bo Meester and Petro, Barkley and Bob Plager. That's perfect. It, it just bad. fit out, out perfectly. Perfect. Yep. So blue stats for Bobby Plager, number 10 in penalty minutes all time with 760, 11 years with the Blues, 616 games played, 20 goals, 121 assists, 141 points, was a plus 29. Uh, more importantly, though, and, and I, it, it, it's weird to say this because we're talking about on-ice performance for the most part with these. Bob Plager is a blue forever. He will always be synonymous with the St. Louis Blues name. So many contributions. Coached the Blues for 11 games in 1993, which he was 4-6-1. He didn't like coaching, actually. So he resigned and returned to his job as vice president of player development. He served as a scout. He's been an ambassador for the team. He coached the Peoria Rivermen in 91, won the Turner Cup and the Commissioner's Trophy as coach of the year. His jersey was retired on February 2nd, 2017. Part, again, of that Stanley Cup team. You can't find a dry eye in St. Louis when he first lift that Stanley Cup. Uh, still gets me emotional when I think about it or see it. Uh, unfortunately, passed away on March 24th, 2021 at 78 years old of a cardiac event while driving 
on Highway 64. Um, and then, you know, you say a blue for life, Bernie Federko, even Brett Hall, people say that about him now. You can almost literally say for life, Bob Plager was a St. Louis blue. And uh, I think at least in his adult life, we can all agree with that. So, gentlemen, Bob Plager, a, a blue forever, remains on the all-time team. Yeah, I think the overall the right defense was like probably the most slam dunk of the whole positions we had to do. Mm-hmm. For me, it was very easy to figure out the three. Um, Bob Plager is, like you said, Mr. Blue for a reason. Um, I'll just tell my quick story about, I have told our podcast before about Bob Plager. So I got the, I guess you can say, privilege of working for the team after one of the lockouts when the, unfortunately, when the team literally had the worst record they've ever had. So I got to work and then, by the end of the season, it was not many people coming to games. Well, my job was to be in group sales and to kind of go around and do raffles for these groups that would be at games. Um, so we, we would prep every time, and every game, every game, he would stop in, shake our hands, ask how, how many we had, where they're at, and he'd write one down so he'd go visit them. Every game. I kid you not, all 40-plus games, no matter when they were, who they were playing, what happened, that man was there. And he's one of the nicest man, men that, like, we had. Like, we were just interns, so nobody cared about us, like, as in, as you shouldn't. But he would come in and, like, talk to us every time. And sometimes he would sit down and just, like, talk about hockey. And he told us, like, two out of the three of us were big Blues fans. The other guy was just he just had a job. He just didn't know anything. So him asking questions was kind of cool because we kind of knew the stories, but he would tell the story of how he got in a fight with the fans at Philly. So I got like his perspective on that one day. And that's probably one of the coolest things and why I've always like loved Bob, Bob Plager. And um, always one of the guys you've met him in public. He did any community event as well for any of the blues Mm -hmm. thing. If you did any of the 5k runs, Bob Plager was there shaking hands and signing autographs. Um, if you did um, any of the meet and greets there with Bob Plager, if you saw him in the hall, he was taking pictures. Um, and this is and honestly, like we, I mean, none of us saw him play on the ice except for videos. So we never get it, like kind of see that. So you can almost argue this man had a better, bigger impact than the other two guys. Oh, I would a hundred percent agree with you on that, on the, on the organization as a whole. So, uh, Bob Plager definitely worthy of being on this team. And number three, it's it's almost hard to put him at number three. Can, but you know what he's going up against on ice wise. But I mean, just his contributions overall and his jersey getting retired and seeing it live, and then having having a section of grown men openly weeping like very loudly is a is a sight to like kind of see and something like well, that. Well, let's is let's not forget how they did it when they, yeah, they that's lowered why down Barkley's that, yeah. jersey to meet him halfway and they both went up. Oh, Whew. yeah, that was I I lost my shit, man. <laughs> I fucking lost it. Yeah, I was with uh yeah, luckily it was with Chris that game and uh, uh with his seats and I say him, I look over at him and I see him tearing up. I'm like, don't look at each don't look at each other. Don't look <laughs> don't at each look other. At don't look at me. <laughs> And you know, I'm like whole, barely keeping it together watching it. It was a you know very classy thing the Blues did. So, uh, yeah. So Bob Plager, uh, man, you know, they so um, fantastic. 
I always feel like everybody has a Bob Plager story, and it's mm-hmm. it's going to be sad the next generation of Blues fans that they're going to be like, who? Or, or I hope they're not. I hope they still know who he is. But yeah. every fan that I talk to has a Bob Plager story, and and I I'm lucky enough to have met him multiple times, whether in the media or as a fan. I've got a shit ton of stories. I've told them on the show. Um, the the like you said, Jason. One of the nicest, you say nicest guys in Blues organization. One of the nicest guys I've ever met. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just saying that because he passed. I would have told you that three years ago. Um, just, to, you know, I remember one time when I was young and, and dumb and I was hanging out at Bobby's place in Fenton or Valley mm-hmm. Park. And you. he was there. And uh, I think there was playoff hockey on us and the Blues were terrible. They didn't make the playoffs like 09 or 08 or something like that. And, you know, we're all just wasted. He sees me wearing a Scott Young jersey, and he just walks up to me, you know, and I know he's there, you know, it's Bobby. We all know who mm-hmm. Bobby is. He walks up to me, and he's like, hey, hey, man. It's like, big Scott Young fan, huh? And I was like, yeah. And he just talked my ear off about all these great stories about Scott Young and how excited he was when he came back that one terrible year in 0506. Like, just, it, it just, again, he's taught, like, he approaches me, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm nobody. Why are you talking to me, Bob Plager? Like, this is crazy. And that's just how he was. I know my dad um, went to games, you know, in 67, 68, 69. I mean, his whole life, my dad went to games. And he had a multitude of meeting Bob Plager stories. And, you know, you meet guys. You know, I remember meeting players when I was a kid. One guy in particular comes to mind that was a total jackass. And, you know, and it's just like, oh, yeah, I met that guy once. But when you meet Bob Plager, it's not, oh, I met him. It's, let me tell you the story about meeting Bob Plager. Mm-hmm. Everyone has one. Steven, did you ever get get a chance to meet Bobby? I believe I met Bob Plager briefly uh, at Deerberg's. I used to work at Deerberg's, and I was a cashier. Um, I know Federico, Bernie came in to our Deerberg's several times, and I believe Bob Plager did as well. I know Ian has a great uh, Bob Plager story that he'll have to tell on here sometime, but I mean, just an absolute titanic presence. You know, I think when you look at his on-ice numbers, they probably, with all due respect, don't measure up to any of the guys that we'll talk about tonight um, as the other, you know, as the options that didn't make the final cup. But um, when you talk about his impact on the organization, it's literally immeasurable. (laughs) And it's, it's so interesting. You think about this is a guy that probably 31 other NHL fan bases have never heard of, um, you know, and, and is just an absolute living legend in ours. And I think, um, yeah, an immeasurable impact and, and just such a such a force. And it's a shame that we lost him when he did, but it's also just such a incredible, you know, uplifting story that he did finally get to see that cup and and we all finally got to witness that with him. And and I think he was almost like a, a talisman for all of our wait, like the, the all of our waiting and longing for that cup to come to St. Louis was embodied in this one person who had been there literally since the beginning, waiting and longing for it and had lost family. And, and, you know, I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't write a story like Bob Plager's life story. Um, and you couldn't write a love affair for uh, a team like Bob Plager's. And it really, you know, I'm, I watch a lot of soccer these days and, 
and all the all the Premier League clubs, when you talk about them, most of them have, you know, histories that date back 100 plus years. And they have all these stories of guys who were literally like ruffians in the neighborhood that, you know, made it big in their in their hometown club and had this legendary story. And you don't see a lot of that in St. Louis sport, or in, in American sports in general, where it's not quite the same. It's very commercial nowadays. But Bob Plager is like a throwback to um almost a, a non-existent era of, of american sports and and just such a unique story and such a you know you could almost make a movie out of out of his life and and everything he's done and and meant to this franchise and so you know while we didn't get to see him play we all got to see him kind of live and 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 be a model of behavior that everyone should hope to emulate and be like and you know i'm i'm very glad that he got to see the cup with the rest of us and got to have all those experiences before sadly he he moved on but you know he's back with barclay now and you know having a great time i'm confident of that i hope yep i i know that uh you know, I so I always tell the story about uh, when the Blues won the cup. I was at games. I was at uh, during Game Seven. I was at uh, Enterprise at their mm-hmm. watch party, and I didn't cry. Everyone around me. I mean, the guy next to me, he had been a fan since '67. He was balling the whole third period, um, and you know, my wife was with me. She was crying. Two of my best mm-hmm. friends were with me. They were crying. I meet up with friends after we get out of Ballpark Village. They're all crying throughout the night. I can't cry. And I'm like, what is fucking wrong with me? Why aren't I crying? <laughs> the next day, I, uh, which my job told me, like, don't even think about logging in tomorrow. Like, stay home. Don't look at anything. Stay in bed because you're going to be up partying all night. So that's what I did. Um, and I remember the next morning I turned it on. I think NBC Sports app had the, like, watch the whole Blues Cup celebration and the, I mean, the minute it started, I started bawling and I'm like, <laughs> okay, there's the tears. I've been waiting for it. I finally calmed down as it goes through the roster and Emrick's going through everything. And I'm like, okay, now I can just watch it, enjoy it. Then Bobby gets the cup and I'm like, tears again. Like I can't <laughs> stop crying. Like it was just such an amazing moment to see that. And I mean, we all witnessed it. We all, you know, have our own stories of the cup and and what we all witnessed. But yeah, seeing Bobby win it, that was something that I will remember forever. I will literally be in my final days and I'll think, hey, at least I got to see a Stanley Cup and I got to see Bobby Player lift it. Like that Mm -hmm. is what's most important to me as a Blues fan. Mm Mm-hmm. So uh, let's go through the rankings of these players. Uh, So originally, before we went to the Twitter polls, I had uh, our 11 panelists uh, rank these players. Uh, Number one was Al McKinnis. Number two, Alex Petrangelo. Number three, Bob Plager. So all three of those guys made the team after the Twitter polls. Uh, Number four was Jeff Brown. Number five, Kevin Chattenkirk. And number six, Rob Ramage. Uh, Any surprises to you guys in looking at that list? I love seeing Shattenkirk get the respect that he deserves. I think, um, you know, he's probably a player that's going to kind of slip through the cracks when you think back of the history of the franchise, but just such a, such a very good player for a long time for this team. And so it was cool to see him kind of ranked on here. And I, I will, I guess I'll, I'll spoil my personal rankings. A yeah, little go ahead. Bit. Uh, uh, a little surprised to not see Pareko crack the top six, even though, as we'll talk about, I begrudgingly put him in my top six. So I guess that's a little bit of a catch-22. But, um, you know, I think Rob Ramage is hard to leave off there, obviously, was on the original list as well. 
Um, but yeah, we'll talk more about Pareko in a bit, I assume. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about you, Jason? Anything you see there that kind of looks out of place? No, I think honestly it's pretty, pretty darn good list. Like, uh, when we get to, whenever you want to get to mine, like I can tell you like why, who I tried to add to mine is more. And I saw some of the comments about like voting with your heart or maybe memories of thing compared to their on ice play. And I get that. And that's like you said, that's why you do the different people's viewpoints and stuff. Um, one that I, that stuck out to me, I did, I think mine I added on, I say Petrangelo and I added Jeff Brown. And then, uh, cause Jeff Brown was the guy that before McKennis, I, I was, I was had Brown as having like a big shot from the point. And I remember yes. that as a kid. So that's why I remember that as being like, you got really excited when Jeff Brown was ready to take a shot when I was like a little small kid. And that's like, you're hoping he would get a goal. Um, and I don't know why this stuck out. And I always thought like, I know he's part of me, one of the most controversial trades of all time, but like Garth Butcher, it just like sticks out as a like player that I always just enjoyed. I know in the left defensive hole, I put Barrett Jackman on the list, and uh, Chris gives me a lot of crap about my love of Barrett Jackman. <laughs> so um, I think I put Jackman on there too. So, but uh, but I, but it's Barely. those things where I just I think the I think the guys who um, embody the way that I when I play defense, where I, I'm not the most prolific scorer by any means, um, but willing to, you know, lay down for a shot, you know, play physical, um, do the small things to win. And I think that's why I added like Garth Butcher to there. But I think everybody on that list is definitely well worthy of uh, being in, in the top uh, for top team for sure. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Steven that Pareko, uh, you're surprised to not see him make the list. Had he had have one more vote, he would have tied Shattenkirk for the last spot. So um we 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 do tiebreakers and the tiebreakers are the Let's Go Blues radio team, the four of us. Uh we then make another vote to see who belongs. Uh and I will tell you, I think if it would have come to that, I think Pareko would have beaten Shat and Kirk for that spot. So uh yeah, but yeah, and I, I mean, you know, again Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> um there's you know, and there's and I'll say mine were uh Petrangelo, Jeff Brown, as you mentioned, Jason, a great skater. A dude mm-hmm. who could just move the puck so well. That's why it's so hard to believe that his son is Logan Brown. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say his son. Him. I'll say his son not so much, but okay. <laughs> you beat me to it. And I'll say it again. I've I've told the story on the show. I won't tell it again. Um, the reason I'm into hockey is because of Jeff Brown. I met him and he gave me tickets to a game and said, "You and your dad should come." Blues beat the shit out of the Canadians that night. And all of a sudden I'm a hockey fan. So awesome. I owe a lot to him. So it made sense to me to put Brown on it. Plus he was a hell of a defenseman. Uh, I think he still has the most points ever by a blues defenseman in the season. It's 78. I could be wrong on that, but uh, yeah, just a ridiculous defenseman. And then I also had Kevin Shattenkirk on there as well. Um, but yeah. I actually liked your Garth butcher pit when that came in. Cause you're right. He was not the fleetest of foot. He wasn't a scorer. He wasn't even a good passer. Mm-hmm. But at the time, he was a big lumbering dude you didn't fuck with. And I think at the time especially, that's what Blues fans loved. They loved players like that on the team. And he was he was one of those guys and, and maybe me and you were just young and stupid because we were both I'm I was like you. I was like, "Oh yeah, Garth Butcher. That dude's awesome." Yeah. Um and so I'm all for it. I loved that pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Garth Butcher was one of those guys where um, it's the thing he was always at the hip of Brett Hall, and obviously that's what he was kind of brought in to do at the time. I mean, that's why the trade was made because they wanted to be tougher. 
So that's why the they made that infamous trade with the Vancouver Canucks to bring him uh, over. Um, so I think that's one of the things when you're a young kid, you read Hall, there was always Garth Butcher not far behind. And then he was that guy on – and then, believe it or not, he didn't have that many years with the Blues. He only was here a few seasons. So um, – but like he said, a, a blue-collar worker, and Blues fans love blue-collar workers. So that's uh, uh, definitely, in my opinion, worthy of being on the team. Man, Ken Morris brings up – now, this guy was left defense. He played on the mm-hmm. left side. Uh, Steve Duchesne had a hard shot from the point as well. I can't believe his name didn't come up last week, Ken. Holy mm-hmm. shit. That, he yeah. was a great defenseman for the Blues. Almost made my team. Almost. I, I, I didn't – I'll admit, I didn't even think about him. Man, that's crazy we didn't talk about him last week. Shame on us. What a terrible podcast we are. You know what, folks? Go listen to Two Guys, One Cup or Blues <laughs> Hockey Podcast. They're Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, we're good. Our work here is done. Yeah, right. that's why you guys came on, right? Yeah. Let's pro- let's get some some of their listeners over. Um, Steven, I do want to say you mentioned Colton Pareko. Um, I want to mention your comment. I had you send me your right defense picks, and I loved it because you had, here's my three, Petrangelo, Shattenkirk, and you had Colton Pareko, I suppose if I must. <laughs> I, just, that, I don't know why. I guess I was just in, like, serious mode, and that just caught me. <laughs> and it just made me start laughing. And I'm like, I'm bringing that up on the show because that's a great response. Yeah. I mean, I think we talked about it after I put his name in there and we both described it as like a love-hate relationship with mm-hmm. Colton Pareko. Like, on the one hand, we all know about the contract. We all know about the nightmare that we are currently experiencing with Colton Pareko. And I'll I'll be perfectly honest. The two guys, one cup podcast lore about Colton Pareko has always been a little on the negative side. We you know ever since we started a podcast we were always kind of on the bandwagon of he's pretty good but he's not alex petrangelo replacement which if you go back you know not even before the cup that was always the thinking of like oh this is our next cornerstone d and we always said i don't think that's true and i think we've proven now conclusively that that's not true uh but with that said um you know he is a player that's played almost 600 games with this franchise he's a player that was a a cornerstone defenseman of us winning a stanley cup which i think is the biggest single accomplishment um and we were tough we talked about bobrovsky earlier you know and that contract kind of whether it is or isn't worth it with a with a stanley cup in there and man i to me the stanley cup is the end all be all i'd pay not to pick on him but i'd pay logan brown eight million a year for eight years. If you could somehow guarantee me that one of those years he'd turn into Wayne Gretzky and win you a cup. Like, obviously you can't, that's a ridiculous scenario, but like there's nothing I wouldn't do to get a Stanley cup. So I think the fact that Pareko was a huge, a massive, massive, massive part of winning that Stanley cup, him and Bo Meester, that pairing. Um, I think that's what took him over the top for me is, you know, Jeff Brown probably would have been my choice there. Um, had it not been for Pareko, but it's one of those things where right now it's really easy to to hate on Pareko and jump on the bandwagon and pile on him. And, and trust me, I do plenty. So I'm not trying to claim that I don't, but um, you know, it, it is easy to kind of put everyone in that team that, that played a role, especially a role as big as he did in 2019 on a pedestal. And, and I don't think that's unreasonable for where this franchise is at right now. You don't want to make this whole list just a repeat of the 2019 roster, but I think if you're breaking a tie and and 
you know, have two guys ranked pretty evenly and one of them was on that team and one of them wasn't, I think that is a, you know, reasonable tiebreaker to take into effect. Take I into agree. Uh, so other players considered, uh, a couple of these guys are actually left D, but uh, we had a couple people who just had so many left D, they're like, is it okay if I put them on the right side? I'm like, do whatever the hell you want. It's your team. Uh, so we got Jeff Brown, Kevin Shattenkirk, Noel Picard, Jeff Finley, uh, Gary Roberts, Phil Housley, as we've talked about, as well as Colton Pareko, uh, Brown, Shattenkirk, and Ramage all made it to the final six. They were included in those Twitter polls, but clearly did not make the team. Um, the one name that that I saw in there that uh, I did not, that I, again, I did not pick, but I was like, I could see that uh, was probably Phil Housley. I know he was here a short time and um, you know, I don't know if anybody wants to factor in the fact that his trade brought in Al McInnes, but um, I liked Phil Housley as a player. I thought everywhere he played, he was a solid contributor. Now, if the blues keep him over Al McInnes, I don't think it's a slam dunk. Phil Housley's your number one pick for this team. But I think he's a guy that would have definitely gotten consideration if he would have stayed here in St. Louis longer, liked mm-hmm. the way he played. And then, of course, the big one for me, Jeff Brown, a uh, friend of the show, actually. We've had him on and uh, just a, a, a smart hockey guy. And again, such a great skater. Um, and I loved watching him play with the puck. So those are the two that I looked at that I'm like, it would have been cool to include them. But I think we all got it right. Yeah, I think so. Agreed. All right, so our next poll uh, will be up on Thursday. Uh, We have our current poll still going right now. It's the first poll for left wing. That includes Brian Sutter, Brendan Shanahan, Keith Kachuk, and uh, the one that uh, Steven's never heard of, Jorgen Pedersen. Uh, (laughs) It's not that uh, I've never heard of him. It's that I couldn't tell you anything about. (laughs) Let's just say you're unfamiliar with his work. How about that? Right. Exactly. And I'll say he was before my time. I never saw him play. I just know of him. Yeah. Jason, you're in the same boat, right? Same boat. Yep. Yep. So, uh, and then, yes. So currently Wednesday is the last day for that poll. So if you're listening to this, uh, if you're podcasting it, or if you're watching the show on Wednesday, get out there and vote on that poll. Last I saw for second place, Brian Sutter and Brendan Shanahan were tied. Uh, So let's break that tie. That's a solid foursome of left wingers right yeah. there. That's, that's a yeah. Good it, when I was doing this, I'm like, man, I didn't think about like because I'm you know when I'm first going through and making my picks for left wing, I'm like, I didn't realize how many good left wings this team has had. Mm-hmm. Like, holy cow! Um, and then we've got, uh, let's see. Oh yeah, that's true. Ken Morris here in the chat says. Uh, uh, Gary Roberts also played forward as well as defense. He was one of Scotty Bowman's favorites. Yeah, he was. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. I think I think we mean Jimmy Roberts. Gary Roberts was a left. That's what one. I was thinking. I was looking at that. I was like, mm, yeah, did not Gary play Roberts. for the Blues, but no. Jimmy Roberts did, and he was also an assistant coach for a while for the yep. Blues. Uh, but uh, so again, next poll will be Thursday. It's our second group of left wings. Uh, that'll be released sometime midday on Thursday. And again, folks, remember if you want to win, actually. Don't don't go anywhere. Oh. Our next prize. There you go. Is a 2023 St. Louis Blues Media Guide yearbook. Nice. So uh, it is uh, it is just this most recent one. It was a giveaway at a game, and somebody gave me an extra one, and they're like, "Give this away on the show," and I was like, "Okay, you got it." 
So that is the next giveaway for uh, our next show. So uh, get on there and vote on those left wings. Tell us why you voted the way you did, and you could win your own version of the 2022-2023 St. Louis Blues yearbook. And, hey, if you want, I'll even sign it for you. It's up to you. Um, lower the value, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. Uh, And then, of course, comment why you voted the way you did to win that prize. Uh, or why you didn't vote for someone, and you could have your comment featured on the show, and again, you could win that yearbook. So keep that in mind. Uh, gentlemen, it has been a pleasure. Uh, I want to give you any close a chance for any closing thoughts on our right-wing pick. I'm sorry, right-defense picks on tonight's show. Uh, Steven, you go first if you want. Yeah, um, I mean, I think we've said it a couple times, but I think this was a no-doubter list. I don't I don't think you can argue with this top three at all. I'd love to. I'm, I'm argumentative by nature, but um, it's hard to quibble with any of these. And I'm really each have a kind of a distinct and unique legacy, but they all deserve to be on the list and they all deserve to be at the top. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. I think each each one was compl- played the game almost completely different. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it kind of like a really, and three really great players. I mean, yeah. overall, I mean, you're, one is still currently playing, obviously, and then one that definitely a Hall of Famer. Uh, one is the like I he said embodied what it is to be a St. Louis Blue. Yeah. So you really can't, like you said, slam dunk, easy, easy one, two, three pick for this one. So uh, won't be as easy for other positions coming up, but uh, yeah, this one was pretty easy though. They would actually be a really great complimentary decor too. I feel like mm-hmm. what you mentioned earlier, Jeff, with the all six when you compare them side by side, but kind of have your power play threat, your shutdown guy, and your body physical grinder guy for the third pair, and, and it kind of worked out perfectly. Yeah, and I think it also worked out perfectly with the left defense picks. Mm-hmm. The fact that it's it was it worked out by era. era it was yeah. Pronger mm-hmm. McKinnis, Petrangelo Bowmeister, and the Plagers. I mean, it, it yeah. just worked out perfectly, and I love it. Absolutely. Uh all right. Oh, we and we got a couple comments here. Uh, divide by zero. Notice who didn't make it. Eric Brewer. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I will tell you, if somebody would have voted Maybe for Eric time. Brewer, I would have I would have uh, kicked them off the panel. They hey, would not uh, have been welcomed. He got us Jordan Bennington. So, you know, uh, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah. And Brock Bookaboom. Don't forget yeah. that. Don't forget that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm trying not to, but <laughs> Jason, uh, do you guys still do your what's it called? Hall, Hall of Shame? The Blues Hall of Shame. I'll be honest, like there was a uh, time where me, I mean, Chris did that quite a bit. Um, then when the Blues were playing like really well, we had to like as a lot of Blues fan, a lot of hockey fans do, where you have like superstitions about like so we're <laughs> like we don't want to be negative. So, and then we kind of dropped it like r- right when the Blues turned it around in 2019. And then we kind of were like, I don't know if we can bring this back. And then this year, it's one of the things we're discussing that's going to be uh, brought back in the next season. So, yes, we have our Blues Hall of Shame. Eric Brewer is in the Blues Hall of Shame. He is in the uh, defensive uh, wing. Uh, I believe we, we have a team wing, a coach wing. And you can guess who is in the coach wing. Um, oh, pretty, Mike pretty easy. Yes. No, uh, different <laughs> Mike. But yes. Um, oh, ho, ho, everything but the kitchen sink. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, no, Mike Keenan. But no, but anyway. Uh, oh, man. There's so many bad mics. Yeah, I know. Isn't that kind of crazy? Uh, Mike Keenan. So no, uh, I was super quick since he brought that up. And I, I'll, before I get on a side tangent for Mike Keenan's story, 
uh, just because uh, I was a, my co-host Chris. Uh, unfortunately, his uh, father passed away recently, so he was going through a bunch of old photos and stuff out of a box, and he had um, he came across a photo of a press photo, associated press photo of him behind the bench when Mike Keenan came back when he co- coached Vancouver Canucks. And if you remember, they had this, the point gave out like a Keenan with like a, like, you know, like the little slash through his face. Oh yeah. And you got to hold him up. And Chris is behind the bench, like giving it to Keenan, like slamming on the glass or whatever. <laughs> so Chris gets this associated press photo. Chris was in college and Chris, Chris's parents did not know he was coming back into town for this. Oh, so God. that was on the front page of the por- the post the next day. So they were calling him like, Hey, how was last night? He's like, I was studying. Studying was good. And they're like, did you see today's paper? And he's like, no. He's like, I would suggest if you can find a post-dispatch out. Because he's like, I think in the middle of a central Methodist. But um, yeah. So he got busted by uh, his parents and a bunch of teachers that he went to the game. So uh, that's, his, <laughs> that's his funny Mike Keenan story. So no, but we'll plan on bringing that back though. So yes, please do. That was a fun segment. But yeah, I'll say uh, I was at that game and you want to hear something crazy. Chris Kennedy scored in that game. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> I have the weirdest memory. That's I have the memory. We- There's tiny little weird nuggets like that in my head, and that's one of them. I remember being like, who the hell is this guy, Chris Kennedy? <laughs> I don't know. We all have him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So we talked uh, We talked about right defense. We're closing up the show. Jason, Steven, thank you very much for joining us. Um, again, we talked about what you guys can bring this summer to your podcast. If uh, – you want some more blues content after listening to Let's Go Blues Radio? Definitely check these two fellows out. They do a great job on their shows. Um, but I want to go ahead and give you guys time. Clearly, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, whatever it's called, Google Podcasts, you can find uh, your shows there. Anywhere else you guys want to mention, um, if you want to throw out your social media channels, uh, we'll start with Steven. Yeah, our, our big social media channel will be at Two Guys One Cup. Uh, also at STL underscore podcast for the soccer stuff we mentioned earlier. Um, you can find me at the hockey writers too. Sometimes moonlighting, moonlighting over there, but um, yeah, the podcast is everywhere. You want to search for it as far as I know. So uh, please check us out say hello on Twitter. We love talking to folks and getting down and arguing about uh, Colton Pareko contracts. So I know you love to argue with one of my co-hosts too. That's so. right. We love Kurt. There have been, been some fracases, some dust ups, and just all from a place of love, you know? Of course, of course. That's what I always say. It's all love here with Blues Podcasts. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Jason, uh, how about you guys? Uh, you can find us on uh, Twitter at, at Blues Hockey NHL. Uh, of course, we're on Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, you know, all the good social medias. Find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Pocket cast, all the cast, wherever you wherever you find it, like Amazon uh music, you know, anywhere you can find it, it's pretty it's out there. It's in so many places I probably can't even name all of them at this point. <laughs> um, but go ahead and find us there. Uh like I said before, we're working on putting some new content on over the next three weeks leading up to the draft. So there's not much, I'll be honest content wise the last couple weeks so uh we're gonna start ramping stuff up soon i know uh, jeff will be on hopefully soon for the we're gonna do something around the draft um i'll ask people on to talk about blues prospects hopefully coming up soon i'm trying to do my own research just so i can be competent this year because this year is pretty important so mm-hmm. uh go ahead and 
listen to us there, rate, review us, leave a good review. All our friends and family listen to us, apparently. So go ahead and leave a review while you're at it. <laughs> there's my cat, a joke, there's a joke behind that one. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, so cat, listen to you guys one cup. So come be our first human listener. We'll there, really you, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Jason, all your friends and family listen to Let's Go Blues Radio, too. So They try. Yeah, they, that's all the <laughs> negative ones. that's right all All right gentlemen again thank you very much for joining the show it's been a blast having you we'll we'll hopefully see you again later this summer as we review more positions on the let's go blues radio st louis blues all-time team that's a mouthful uh so uh support for let's go blues radio is brought to you in part by id life the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your dna Visit rockinthatidlife.com for more information. That's rockinthatidlife.com and get 10% off by emailing Dustin at rockinthatidlife at gmail.com and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And by Mike Burgoyne from Real Brokerage Realty. Visit strikewithmike.com today for all your home buying and selling needs. That's strikewithmike.com. And by Centerized Brewery, St. Louis's tasty hockey-themed beer. Check out your local beer vendors for availability. That's Center Ice Brewery Beer. Please drink responsibly. That'll wrap up Episode 4 of Season 13 of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Thanks for listening, and thanks for those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats during the show. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you. For Stephen Ground and Jason Martin, as well as Producer Austin, Kirk Price, and Bill Day, I'm Jeff Ponder. Until next time, everyone, let's go Blues. Let's go Cardinals. City, 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 baby. Let's get a win on Saturday in my first game. Fellas, can I get a let's go Blues uh, from you? One, two, three. Let's go Blues. Go Blues. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog. (laughs) You thought I was going to say, son of a bitch, didn't you?